Yes, hello, Danos, and you're very nice, very evil, very famous. And I'm here to say hello and introduce you to the Wrestling Podcast of some sort. It is very nice, very evil, I, I am told. Uh, so listen to it, decide for yourself, or be cursed. Wrestling's All Elite Podcast, where we're all in on AEW. I'm Alex, and I'm joined today by Amex Sharp. Hello, we're here to talk about even more wrestling. Can you believe it? So much has happened. But oh my God. Not all of it bad. No, no, not all of it bad. But things do keep being happening uh, lately. They do. Um, so we don't really have much of a plan today. We're just going to. Yeah, we're going to have like, a little bit of waffling for about an hour um maybe talk a little bit about how i sell more um toys than mx i don't know um you could you could uh it's very easy to sell more than zero toys (laughs) i will say that so you know you've got that going for you not gonna sell more toys than hangman though i'll tell you that much right now he's uh he's number one He's number one on the uh, <laughs> on the on the toy sold list. Congratulations to him. Um, a, uh, a completely normal event uh, without any context that makes it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the most recent thing that happened would be All Out, which was an amazing show with something more amazing—an amazing Miro match. I. Actually, fucking loved that match. I did uh, too. I um, if anybody caught our our live streams, I was uh pretty vocally disinterested in this match. Uh, it turned out to be kind of a sleeper hit. Um, it was really fun. It was like it was one of those things that really shows how like the wrestler fan interaction can be so important and impactful in wrestling because like the fans were so into it and the wrestlers just like leaned into it and they both they were all feeding off of each other and it was just uh it was great fun i very much enjoyed it it was was like at the meet chance (laughs) so i didn't know what they were chanting it wasn't until did you not like no i because i haven't watched collision i was wondering if it was something that miro had been doing uh, on collision and it it was entirely lost on me and because i was watching (laughs) it like the next day um i was i'd had a social media blackout so i could so i there was no context for this to me. It just sounded like they were making some random noise. But the fact it was like um, one of the best interactions, sorry, examples of fan engagement elevating a match that I've seen for a really long time. Not that the match wasn't good, but it was that sort of like synergy between wrestler and fans that elevated the match beyond what I think it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Because, like, I was, like, mildly kind of curious about this match because I like uh, Hobbs fine, and I still really like Miro because, like, he's so weird. He's such a weird character, and I really love a weird character. So I was, like, I was, like, vaguely uh, into this match, and, yeah, the the fans really... They really uh, elevated this one above all others. Um, big meaty men slapping meat. 
Uh, and you know, it good for them. Good for everybody uh, on yeah, that. that was... I just think that that's so fun. Yeah, like that was my tune out match. I like it's not um, a slight on either performer. It's just um, I don't really expect to be engaged with this. Like I haven't really been that engaged with Miro, but this was fantastic. It was such a yeah. good match. I don't know. The yeah. pay per view as a whole was just filled with really fucking good matches. Uh, they this pay per view. Had, so a lot of people are saying that this is the best pay-per-view that AEW has ever put on. And I'm a little bit like, okay, calm down. It's very good. Like, it's an excellent pay-per-view. Please do not get me wrong. But I think a lot of, like, the effusive praise is because this pay-per-view had everything stacked against it. Like, they're, like... This this pay-per-view got nothing. Like, no build. The circumstances leading up to it were absolutely insane. Like, everybody was declaring doom and gloom. Everybody was declaring it dead in the water right after such an excellent pay-per-view as All In. And if ever they needed to hit a pay-per-view out of the park. I know I said this about, um, I think I said it about Double or Nothing uh, this year, but... I extra super mean it about this one. If yes. ever they needed to do a slam dunk of a pay-per-view, it was this one. And it was, it was impossible. Awesome. It was impossible to pull off. The circumstances were impossible. Like, nobody was buying into it. Nobody believed in it. Like, it, there was nothing to be done. And they put on just one of the most incredible shows that has, has been put on in wrestling. Like, I definitely, like, I'm not saying, like, it's the best in AEW history, but it's one of the most incredible shows. Um, definitely, for sure. It was fantastic. Top to bottom. Not a bad had, match like, on it. No, there really wasn't. Like, um, circumstantially, it's more, as you were saying, it's more impressive what they did. There was no build to these matches. I mean, there was sort of like a little bit of a build to some of them, but really none of the stories other than Adam Cole and MJF were hot, really. I mean, Takeshita and, MJ and um, Omega, that was a bit of a hot story, but it was definitely undercooked. Like, this yeah. is something that, that I would have thought they'd have left in the oven until the next pay-per-view, or maybe even uh, Grand Slam. But, yeah, the, I expected to be skipping through quite a few matches because in the build-up to it, I said I wouldn't have bought it if I didn't have that, like, year, like, buy the whole pay-per-views for the year thing. I don't think yeah. I would I don't think I would have bought it straight after all in because I just wasn't interested. But, I mean... Even Darby Allen versus Luchasaurus kept my eyes on the TV, and I don't think I've made it too much of a secret how much I think of uh, Darby Allen's matches, but this was really or or good. how little, as it were, or how little, yes, how little. <laughs> um, yeah, this was great. Um, I thought that um, everybody came out of it looking stronger but more importantly i guess i think AEW looked stronger coming out of it because they had a fucking torrid week week um, yeah despite despite having their biggest week um 
it was a it was a roller coaster of the week. Like both the best and the worst that AEW has to offer happened in one week. Yeah. Um, it was really I think this was really a crucible week for AEW. Um, and I think that I hope what I hope going forward is that like this big huge success that like wasn't really possible but they did it anyway kind of you know ties like everybody back together everybody like in the back galvanizes the the back yeah um all of the wrestlers like everybody pulling together on the same team i hope this this helps with that and you know we can just go back to putting on great shows and great wrestling um i think that actually like in retrospect having the uh young bucks and fdr working on the same team was probably emblematic actually of how AEW need to move forward because i don't think it's much of a secret that they've probably not been on the best terms over the last year um yeah and, and like i guess it was symbolic of it what AEW need to be going moving forward um which as, as well like sorry oh i was just going to say i was i'm inclined to agree with that despite the fact that like i really don't i'm really not interested in seeing the bucks and ftr work together either like in a match um against each other or on the same team i'm not really interested in it in it anymore it's kind of tired it's kind of played out for me um i don't necessarily want to see them near each other anymore but i do think in the context of the past week them working together and like working together and putting on a great match i actually enjoyed this match more than their match at all in um yes i agree this was a fucking great match it was a great match um and i just i think i think the aew fan base actually as much as i don't as i personally don't like to see it because i have my biases I think it's good for the fan base as a whole for these guys to work together a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, because um, in the absence of um, CM Punk, FTR was always going to be looked towards as like carrying that movement forward, and the right. first thing that they that they had to see like fans that were that were going to be a bit more toxic towards the elite or AEW as a whole the first thing they had to see was ftr working really fucking well with the young bucks mm-hmm. well like they were that match was seamless like the entire thing it was which is really good like, like i don't know um even when i was watching even when i was at all in i felt like the young bucks and ftr were not on the same page not um anything like not anything to do with like um allegations of sandbagging or anything. I just felt that that match was a little bit off. Um, mm-hmm. And but this wasn't. This was seamless. This was like genuinely one of the best matches on the card. It was fantastic. But yeah, no, it the, was. If not the best, it was definitely the most entertaining. I think. Yeah, I think I think that I think that is almost certainly the case. I just um I like seeing this this mix of guys in the team. I like being able to see Bullet Club Gold. Um I love Jay Juice and the Ass Boys on a team together. I think their energy is perfect. Um I think they work 
great together. And like I am really obsessed with that entrance that they've got going on now. Like I think so it's good. so cool. I think it's so cool. It's <laughs> like, one of it's the best so entrances good. in wrestling. I think it's so. Um yeah. I uh I am super proud of the ass boys because like they were really dealt a shit hand when they were made to be transitional champs to protect FTR's ego. Um yeah. and uh and they took it and ran with it and they like a lot like the acclaimed you know what i mean they they've really kind of taken what they've gotten and really elevated it as much as they can um and i think i think one of the things about about the guns because they've kind of been disparaged a, a little bit throughout this year but when they were feuding with the acclaimed earlier they had a point where they were like Listen, you got over because of working with us. Like you are successful because of us. You are owe your success to us. And it's like we get to have some of that too because we were involved in some of that too. Like you don't get to go on and just pretend like we ain't had nothing to do with it because we did. And they were right to say it. They were right to yeah. say it. They were absolutely a hundred percent correct. And I'm really glad to see them in the spot with Jay and Juice. Um, I'm really glad to see their character work has been kind of like evolving. I love shitty little heels. They're my favorite. Um, and uh, this match, I think, is really emblematic of of the fact that like they're, they're really hitting it. Um, and they're in a good spot yeah. right now. And I'm really happy for them. Yeah. And it looks as though uh, both the Ass Boys and Jay White will be moving on to like fairly prominent rivalries in the, in the next few weeks or months, I guess. Um, this, like, they had some two really big wins in the last week, and um, they're all very, very over at the moment. I think that probably we're going to get to see, like, I don't know, I'm leaning almost towards that Jay White may actually end up champion fairly soon. Um, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad about it, to be sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily mean in like the next three months or whatever, but I do think that yeah. he's probably like they're definitely um, warming him up for uh, a main event uh, run at the you moment. Th you think? Uh, you think they're the ones that are, or he's the one that's going to take the belt off MJF? I would love that. If only for the, if only, well, no, not just only because Jay White's one of my favorite wrestlers, but um, the interaction between this MJF and Jay White would be fucking phenomenal. That's true, it would. It would. Wait. Jay White is one of the best on the mic, and MJF is absolutely killing it on the mic at the moment. I think um, mm -hmm. it would be a really, really, really good interaction because they're both dickheads, but they're both really funny dickheads, and um, they both have the capacity to go really, really bad when they want to. Mm -hmm. so yeah, it could be a really good rivalry. Yeah, uh, I yeah. guess like he's got all of the history with like. The bullet club so it could tie in with adam cole a little bit he could um go in and start the shit a little bit that would be good that would be that would also be good i really i'm really eager for a little a little bullet club mix them up with the elite i think 
I think that there are a lot of really interesting stories to tell there. You know, Jay White is is tied in with all of them, really. Um, so, yeah, that would be really cool. I would love to see it. And, you know, and I just, I'm just excited. I'm at a point right now where I'm just, like, excited to see what's going to happen. Like, I don't yeah. necessarily want to, like, speculate on, like, exactly how it's going to go down because I don't know. But I think however it does go down going forward, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be really great. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And that's a nice position to be in because AEW has not been the most fun promotion to follow for the last few months. But now we kind of. It's been a nightmare, Alex. It has. It's been a, it's, it's, it's been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it has. But. Um, um, Things are looking a bit better. Um, I think so. And I just oh, yeah. um, one no, thing that I wanted to mention was everybody who shit on the Dark Order needs to apologize because that match was fantastic. Immediately, immediately, apologize to me right now. I was actually also going to say, can we talk about the the opener with better than you, baby? <laughs> um, so yes, apologize right now, um, immediately. I love them. I love the Dark Order. They're so good, and I love that they're going through their villain era. Um, I think this is such an organic way to turn them back heel. I think I think they're really fun as like kind of vicious kind of goofy sometimes heels um i like i always like that combination uh the bucks hit it a lot so it's probably not at all surprising that i like that combination but they have some very real grievances they have some very real bitterness um i like i like this version of them with the where they have like the edge to them i would like yeah. for them to pick back up this plot line with hangman that was like kind of strangled in its crib last year um and uh and i'm just i'm really excited for it and i really like i think this was an excellent match to open the show it um, was it was good it was it was a fun match it was a well-paced match they had told a very old but very well told story um yes like this um mjf was fantastic there is um I don't know, like if it if I was reading too much into it, but MJF protect like I'm. I don't know if he's actually banged up and they were protecting him, or if MJF just doesn't want to work. So, like the character MJF, not MJF as a human. Uh, I don't, so like he like ducked out of the match for most of it, or if he was uh, like, or I don't know. I am personally reading it like he really was brutalized during that match. Like, I feel like he yeah. was selling the fact that Adam brutalized him, basically. Um, because Adam did do that. He did do that. Um, and also, like, I think I like to think of All In as the point that, like, really solidifies them as a team. Like, they're a unit yes. right now. Um, and that is, of course, going to dissolve, but we're kind of past the point of that precarity right now. They were able yeah. to get through it in the main event of All In, so they're as solid as is possible. And it's definitely going to fall apart, but I think it's going to need an inciting incident to fall apart. I don't think right now it's going to require their own internal conflict between each other 
just kind of getting out of control and causing them to break apart. I think there are some pretty deep fault lines in that relationship, obviously. And um, all it's going to take is one good whack to get the crack started started going again. And there are a lot of hammers in that promotion. <laughs> so uh, there are a lot of things that can, that can really test that bond. So uh, I think... I think that MJF is at the point where he is sincere about Adam. He is sincere about being there for him. And I think, I think that was, that was genuine for the character of MJF. Also, can I just say, um, to be angry that the world championship was not defended on the second pay-per-view in a week um, is psychotic. Like, I'm sorry. Like, come on. Two oh, singles matches in a week? Like, putting aside the fact that the character of MJF just simply would not stand for that, it is not fair for MJF, the person, to be in two huge, marquee, main event level singles matches in a week. That's. Oh, it's not. It's bollocks. That's, like that's sadistic. <laughs> it is like we need like right. MJF gets a lot of criticism for not being in, as active in the ring as other people. Um, I have which, given that to him. Um, which from me? Yeah. From um, there's a balance though, right? Like he yes. uh, there he doesn't wrestle often, but. When he does, he is one of the best in the world. But he took a match. He he was fucked after that match on um, it all in. Uh, it, to expect him to work again is not fair. And it's also emblematic of what we've been seeing from uh, from the industry for a really long time. Like we all seen how fucked Naito was after his match with um, Osprey. It's become mm-hmm. the norm for people that are fucked to work the next day and. Naito worked the next day against Okada and not a short match. That is not normal. It's not and it okay. It shouldn't be normal. It's not. We, so, we shouldn't be okay with that. Um, no, we, we, we shouldn't, shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be okay with just like working these guys to death all of the time and making them like, like, there's no reason for it. We don't have to. You know what I mean? And I, I just think. Like, it's fun. Like, it is. People are get really hung up on, like, the world championship. Like, the world championship has to be the most important thing. And it has to be in the center. And it has to be, has to be, has to be all of the time. It has to be the main event. It has to be this. It has to be that. And it's like, guys, this is wrestling. Everything yeah. is made up and the points don't matter. Like, we, like... These rules that are, like, these so-called rules that everybody always cites when they talk about wrestling, they are meant to serve us. We do not have to serve these rules. If the rules do not serve us, we don't have to follow them. It does not serve us to put the the world championship into such a place that we are working our champion to death. It... does not serve us to have every single story in the promotion be about, well, you have the belt and I want the belt. 
end of. Like, it doesn't serve us because that's boring if we do it too much. It's repetitive. We don't believe in it. A lot of people don't. You know what I mean? And so, like, there are all of these, like, quote-unquote rules and quote-unquote, like, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like this and it's not supposed to be like that. Like, this ties into the Orange Cassidy, John Moxley thing, too. Right? Where it's like, well, Orange Cassidy is just not a main event guy. And it's like, well, but why? Like, what are... what are the rules like what rules say that he's not a main event guy and do those rules serve us because uh let me tell you after all out i'm pretty sure that orange cassidy is a main event guy orange cassidy has been a main event guy in aw for a very long time all out just all out just elevated him and confirmed that status i have been i have been tired of orange cassidy for a while but i think that 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 is okay to be tired of someone but if you like i don't allow my biases to like skew my perception of things it is undeniable that orange cassidy has been a main eventer for a very long time there's instances where I have not been invested in what is the main event, but I, uh, but it's good for people that are. But even if you are not invested, like you just need to look at Orange Cassidy's March sales, his uh, the pops that he gets, the reception to matches that I myself have been very fucking tired of. He is one of the most over people in that company, and he will be for the next few years as well. Like. And it's actually amazing because everyone wrote him off, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's too small. He's, his gimmick shouldn't work as a main event. But I think it was Will Ospreay that says, if you don't like um, Orange Cassidy, you don't really understand wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't understand Orange Cassidy, you don't understand how wrestling is yeah. anymore. And yeah. he was and right. the best wrestler in the world saying that, right? Like yeah, um, so I don't know. I think people need to like settle down. Just because Orange Cassidy might not be your favorite wrestler, does not mean that he is not a main eventer. And for me, when Chris Statlander was had that alien gimmick, and I couldn't take her that seriously, it did not mean that she could not be a credible champion. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 not clearly that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, it's okay. This is kind of like the drum that we've been banging for the last, you know, little while. It's okay for things to not be for you. Like some things are just not for you. You know, this um, Adam Cole MJF story is extremely, extremely over, undeniably over. We had 80,000 people who are just losing their minds over this story. And some people hate it. Some people don't get it. They don't understand the appeal. They don't understand why people are going so crazy for it. Like they're, they're coming up with like all of these reasons why it's objectively bad. And it's like, Bro, you just kind of don't vibe with it. And it's like, it's cool that you don't vibe with it. Like, that's okay. But, like, you don't have to, you know, watch something else. 
You know, there are going to be other it matches on the card. makes the thing shorter for you. Like, it, yeah. if you didn't like if you didn't like the main event or you had no interest in the main event on either pay-per-view, all that meant was that you were sitting there for three and a half rather than four hours, right? Like, right. That's okay. You can skip but, like, those it's matches. It's fine. Like, do you know what There's I a... do when there is, like, an act or a segment or a feud that's, like, really pissing me off and, like, really making me mad and I don't want to watch it? I skip it. I, d- I simply don't watch it. And a lot of people will say, oh, That's it was so good. Talk. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was so good. And I'm like, I am so glad that you yeah. got that from it. Um, But, like, there is so much wrestling that is excellent in this world. There is so much excellent wrestling in this world. I don't need, like, it doesn't matter how good a match is. Like, I don't need to watch it if I don't vibe with it. I can watch another equally excellent match. Um, I mean, like, there are matches that I didn't vibe with. Like the, um, I'm sorry, Kieran, but the um, Shibata and Eddie Kingston match. Like, I fucking, like, I love both of those wrestlers, Eddie Kingston Mm -hmm. especially, but I zoned the fuck out of that match. Uh, <laughs> like, the, like I don't think that there, there was some funny moments in it, you know, like um, like Shibata, uh, well, beating the shit out of um, Wheeler Yuta, and the um, you know the fall down into into the crotch and stuff like that. That was really funny, but like I don't mm-hmm. know, like I was into it. I thought it was fun. It's. It happens though, right? Like your favorite yeah. acts do not sometimes gel with what you want to see. But that's right. okay. Like it's easy. I made, for a, me I made a cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's easy it's easy for me to kind of lose sight of this, um, because there are so many um crazies out there but there are people who uh don't like the young bucks for reasonable reasons um they're not they're not as loud as the ones who are completely unhinged about it but there are people who are like eh, i just don't really care for them and they're my favorite in the whole world um like they're just like the top the top the very top of the very favorite for me and like that's fine like that's okay. i got it like i never used to like the young bucks when they were generation me i thought they were I, I just didn't understand the appeal of them back, back when they were an impact. But, like, yeah, it was fine. They were putting on good matches and other people enjoyed them, right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, um, like, I like the Golden Lovers, but they don't move me. You know what I mean? Like, I like them, but they don't make me go crazy. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and that's that's fine. People, different people get different different things out of art. But yeah, um, the main event match and the opening match, I think were just two bookends of like the range that AEW has to offer. And like also they like set up and paid off to me, like the heart of AEW, right? You know, this this tag team, this story that is all about friendship against all odds, right? And they, 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 you know, they work together and they fight for each other and they triumph at the end. And then this match 
in the main event between two guys who people didn't believe in because John Moxley, like when he was in WWE, they didn't think that he was a main event guy. He just wasn't main event material. You know what I mean? He was like kind of like a goofy character. He was just like a, a not even just a goofy character, but he's so expressive. He's such a character. He's like an enhancement to whoever the main event guy was. Roman. In yeah, this they never case. believed in him. They never believed in him. So it's two guys who people never believed in, who just love wrestling heart and soul and like all of the parts of wrestling. That's what I really love about John Moxley is like, he is not the guy who is just going to sit here and say the only reasonable and good kind of wrestling is a super serious kind of wrestling. He does joke wrestling. You know, he does weird stuff. He does weird gimmicks. Like he still does it. He still does it on the indies. Because, yeah. like, he truly loves all aspects of wrestling, and he's simply doing the kind of wrestling that works best for him. And that's the same yeah. for Orange, too. So I feel like as a thesis statement for AEW and what they want to be going forward, like, we couldn't have had a better beginning and ending match than That felt these. like a very, like, 2021, 2000, sorry, 2019, 2020 AEW pay-per-view. Like, there was a spread of matches on that card, and yeah. they were all really good in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of original guys, too, on this card. Yeah. You know, which is really good. You know, Tony's been distracted by his shiny toys for the last couple of years, and it would be nice to see him, like, go back to the, go back to the ones that brought him to the dance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's um, we've said this before, but I would quite like to see a little bit more of the character that was demonstrated in the early days of AW, especially during the Daily's Place era, because they had to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, those were like they; those were some of the most entertaining shows that they've ever put on. Um, and I would quite like to see that, and I think we caught a glimpse of that at the pay per view. Um, yeah, which was nice. Yeah. But uh the main event was excellent. Um I've not I, I've been a little bit um oversaturated with Orange Cassidy, but that main, that main event was excellent. A little bit with John yeah. Moxley too as well, to be fair. But uh what what I'm actually put on. Um I can, uh, I can understand I can understand the people who are a little fatigued by Orange Cassidy and John Moxley. John Moxley has been like the break in case of emergency wrestler. And um, there have been a lot of emergencies. <laughs> and um, but like Orange has really stepped up to that plate too. Um, so like it's good because like they're super over and people are showing up for them. But it's also, you know, we're seeing a lot of them. And there are a lot of very talented guys on that roster who we could do to see more of. Juice being a, a big one. Uh, or J- yeah. Jay, rather. But also Juice. Um, Juice has been fantastic. Like, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, that is a sentence I never thought that I would utter. Um, he has been absolutely fucking hilarious. And he's been really solid character working in matches as well. Like, I don't know, the little dances that he was doing um, whilst he, in the all-in match, that was fantastic. Just being a little prick on the sidelines. He's working really well with um, the Bullet Club Gold and 
yeah. yeah, actually looking forward to seeing what he does as well. Yeah, I'm really excited about um, the the dissolution of this brand split idea because, like, I really think it's just going to work a lot better when there's just more of an organic back and forth um, between like the 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 people who can be there, and that means we can see. You know, if we if we don't have time to like watch everything or, or whatever, like we can see, you know, Jay and Juice and Bullet Club Gold on the shows that we do watch. Like we can finally see Chris Statlander again. <laughs> She's come home from the wars, um, you know, and like a bunch of stuff. So I I'm looking at like I'm I'm probably still not going to like sit down and watch collision you know what i mean like i never really was going to um but i'll definitely go more out of my way to like watch stuff that's like interesting on it you know what i mean because i think there's going to be more interesting yeah. stuff on it yeah i think they knocked it out of the park with the first show yeah, mm -hmm. good. um yeah and it i think that it's going to be like there's not going to be a brand split which is good um because i think that having a hard brand split kind of also puts restrictions on the stories that you can tell like mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes they stories need the momentum of consecutive shows but um it's good that people have got the option of whether they want to work on wednesdays or saturdays now and like yes uh with with that like danielson replacing cm punk on collision as like i guess not the face because he is still gonna he is still gonna be on dynamite but like he's gonna spend the rest of the week around his kids and stuff like that so that's that's gonna be interesting um seeing what how uh the show evolves i guess like with not so much danielson's stewardship but i don't know i think he's probably a good person to replace punk with because Maybe caters a little bit to the same demographic, I guess. I don't know. I mean, but like not in an odious way, I don't think. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I've never been particularly a Danielson guy, um, yeah. which is shocking to some people, but he's just like never really connected with me. But he seems to have you know the respect of a lot of his peers backstage people seem to really trust him and he seems really truly invested in AEW and wrestling as a whole and that's something that i can really respect um and yeah. he is more invested in those things than he is invested in making himself the specialist most important boy in the whole wide world so yeah, he loses a lot of his matches and he wants he only wants to elevate other people and also like to the say to the degree that i read the other day like tony khan said after all out that if something happens to him and his dad needs to find somebody to manage AEW to turn to danielson so yeah i heard that too that's a that's so, a lot of trust yeah so, you know, if he's going to be kind of leading the charge a little bit on collision, um, then, you know, more is the better. Did I, didn't I read somewhere that um, a lot of the booking of Rampage has gone to QT? I feel like uh, I read that somewhere. And I, I remember, 
I, I recall thinking to myself, oh, several things have begun to make more sense to me. <laughs> I have not been watching Rampage, so I don't know how the booking has been going on that. Um... I dip in and out. We tend to, um, me and my friends, we tend to, to get together and we'll watch some other stuff and get a buffer and, you know, and watch some Rampage and skip over the stuff. And naturally, we've been skipping over all of the QTV segments because why would we watch those? Why do you um, watch yourself? Why, why, it was actually really funny um, because when there was that promo uh, battle-ish thing between Anthony Bowens and, and what's her name? You know yes. the one... You know the one where he's yeah. like, uh, I'm gay. And then there's like the he's gay, he's gay yeah. chance. That one. Like when she came out, I legitimately had no idea who she was. I was like, who is this person? Who where did she come from? Yeah, I had no idea. Like I the no, first I that I seen of her was um QT is it a QTV seg segment on um, Dynamite, and she was just there like with no introduction. I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" Mm -hmm. I think it might have. I oh, wait, no, it might have actually been the Anthony Bones segment where it was the first time I seen her. Right, because it was because because the acclaimed were there, so it's the first time we didn't skip over a QTV yeah. segment. <laughs> so harsh, but true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, QT seems to be one of those guys who has a lot of respect, uh, backstage among the wrestlers. Yeah. So, you know, I'm happy for him on that front, but like. Best facial expressions in wrestling, by the way. I, I don't, I don't know that he's, uh, hitting super hard as a, as an on-screen personality, but, uh, no. perhaps that is just me. I don't think it's just you. I mean. He is a funny guy, but like, is he? Of a bit of a, and yeah, he seems quite funny. Like, I don't know, his expressions always make me laugh. Like, he sells things really well in a comedic way. I don't know, but like, his matches are. I'm not the target demographic for his matches. Mm hmm. Yes. Yes, I indeed. Think that's a narrow market. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Rampage has. I've been taught for too long that Rampage does not matter, and to me, it no long ma longer matters. So, it's not watching. Which is such a shame because, like, when Rampage was first a thing, I actually really enjoyed it because, like, the storytelling yeah. was a lot tighter, and they had like really good matches, and they were like with people that I that I really care about, but who didn't get like you know, main show billing very often. Um, I used to love watching Rampage because it was just, it was one hour and it was quick and it was, and there was no bullshitting. Um, you had fucking good matches on it as well. You had great oh. matches, great matches. And I would like to go back to when Rampage is just great matches with very little bullshit. Um, I'm o I am okay with it being skippable because there's four hours of AEW a week five. between. Uh, there's only four. <laughs> five. Because Rampage does not matter. 
Oh, oh, okay. So we're deciding Rampage doesn't count. I mean, yeah, we're yeah. definitely at the point that we we have to pick and choose. We're definitely yeah. uh, getting dangerously close to content farm territory, which is, I guess, a great way to segue into talking about Wrestle Dream and the implications thereof. Yes, that's going to be an annual event, isn't it? Mm. So okay, I I have heard, I have seen, I have seen rumors floating about that you know, you know, AEW are toying with the idea of adding more pay per views, uh, perhaps even toying with the idea of having monthly pay per views. And I just want to come out here and say that I absolutely a hundred percent hate loathe and detest the idea of having monthly pay-per-views i hate i hate it i hate it it's too much um it's it's simply it's simply too much um i can't keep up with it um it's it's too much money it i think it'll really sort of rush stories and water down stories we don't need it we don't need to do it i am not i understand that the way the business model is constructed more is more you know even diminishing returns are still returns right and so you know if they do monthly pay-per-views and enough people are buying so that it's more like even if all of the rest of the pay-per-views are lower altogether it makes more money than just the fewer pay-per-views even though they each individually had higher buys i understand the appeal of doing it however i think it'll make the product worse um, yes. I already think that there is too much AEW. Um, I, like I can't, like you can't keep up. Um, you get oversaturated, you get burned out and it's just, it doesn't like things just kind of aren't as special. You know what I mean? I, I Um, there's a difference between quality content and content to monopolize your time. Um, yeah. like when you introduce monthly pay-per-views, you simply cannot maintain the quality. It's the difference between having like a TV series that has got 24 episodes and a tight 13 episodes, right? There, there, the 24 hours, the 24 sh- episode series is going to have a lot of filler. The 13 a- episodes is going to be a lot more tight. AEW's not been fucking tight for it in as it should be. But if you add monthly pay-per-views, that quality that has already been stretched a little bit over the last couple of years is going to be stretched thinner and thinner. And mm-hmm. it's going to be more difficult to be excited about what is happening every Sunday. Like don't get me wrong, I am very okay with say like six pay-per-views a year. I think that like a bi-monthly pay-per-view schedule would probably be beneficial. I think that AEW struggle a lot with the pacing of their stories, with the with the spacing that they have at the minute, and they try so they end up with those filler episodes. So maybe if they had one every couple of months, it would help. Maybe it would just end up with battery farm content. But I do think that a bi-monthly cadence of pay-per-views would be better than what we have at the moment. But if they went monthly, like there, there's no way that they can maintain the quality that they have. Like, it's, yeah. 
I honestly, like, I think four pay-per-views a year and then the special episode dynamites, like those themed dynamites that we used to have that we don't get to have anymore. Um, I think those were, I think those were the way, like you have the big four pay-per-views where you could pay off your big storylines and then like the smaller sort of almost TV pay-per-views, right? Um, somewhere in the middle between like a normal episode and a pay-per-view where you can pay off and start like smaller um, stories or you can have like a bit of a status quo change that happens on like a, a bigger show that's not necessarily like a setup or a blow off of like a big feud, but is like something that sort of changes the lay of the land of that feud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Like they did that all the time. Um, yeah, and I, I really liked those. I liked the vibe uh, behind them. I liked the way that they functioned as a, as a storytelling tool. I think, I think the problem with the pacing and the storytelling is a problem in the pacing and the storytelling. I don't think it, it's, it's helped by adding more pay-per-views um, because yeah. the underlying problem is not to me having enough pay-per-views. It's not paying attention to what you're doing. Um, yes. Or, and it's I, also, it's also not pivoting to adjust to current circumstances. Um, this is a thing that Tony has struggled with a lot, which is like pivoting and being able to change things around just a little bit to keep your stories going. Something that the elite are demonstrably very good at, but Tony just for some reason refuses to do it to the detriment, to the, to the detriment of his own stories because he misses the peak or he or he like tries to do the peak too early um and just like misses the mark because like he wants to do the particular story beats but the the fans are telling him other things like thank god he listened to the fans about better than you baby um yeah, yeah. i yeah, I mean, we spoke about Tony Khan's resistance to, you know, like always tapping the do not deviate from the plan sign. And mm -hmm. it's been problematic for a long time in AEW. I don't know whether a change in pay-per-view cadence will help. Um, one thing, I don't have the numbers to hand. I think the reason that, like, they maybe stopped doing those big event shows was because they weren't popping the ratings as much. And so people were like missing important story beats whereas people don't really miss pay-per-views because they're told that they're important and like i i don't know they became a little bit predictable a bit like battle of the belts like nothing fucking happens on battle of the belts and nothing ever has happened on battle of the belts and while there were story beats on those um like it was it fighter fast and stuff like that but um winter is coming they nothing like unmissable ever happened during those shows and i, I disagree think we had you? we had kenny's heel turn on winter is coming and then the um we had yeah and then we had the 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 bucks subsequent heel turn on uh the march one the saint patrick's day one um fuck i forgot about the saint patrick's day one yeah yeah i i remember it 
Um, it is imprinted on my memory because of how invested I was <laughs> in that moment. Um, but yeah, like I they remember did the have... story beats. But yeah, I don't like remember the dates. Yeah, they did have like important things happening on those shows. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not a numbers guy, so I can't speak to that. Um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an art person, right? Um, I'm thinking about the art. Other people can handle the numbers. That's not for me to know or understand. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I don't know, like, if it'll change things significantly. Because as you said, Tony decides to, Tony misses the mark quite often or hits it too early. So maybe nothing will change. Yeah. I mean, except I'll be annoyed about there being more pay-per-views. Like, I'm not... Guys, I'm not gonna buy Wrestle Dream. I protest. I protest. You had us with two pay-per-views in a week, and then the next month you want me to buy another pay-per-view? Are you kidding me? And then after that is full gear? Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I won't uh, be doing it. I don't it. think I'll be buying. I'm not sure if I'll be buying Wrestle Dream. I'm not buying Wrestle Dream. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Get uh, out of here. I'm like tempted to talk about the crowd reaction to the Young Bucks. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That was interesting. It was really interesting, wasn't it? It was. Booze um, um, were very loud right but every single time that the um crowd were shown they the vast majority of people were chanting young bucks there were a lot of young bucks chants it's so interesting we've been having uh ongoing conversations on like the discord and whatever about um why it is that the the bucks seem to be getting a lot of the flack um, because Hangman came up and got cheered, and Kenny came up and got cheered, but like the Bucks come out and it's like it's like everything in the world is is their fault, and it's it's such a it's such an interesting thing that they that they seem to to get that dumped on them, even when there are other people involved. We've been having a lot of interesting conversations about that, but yeah. what's really interesting to me is always how they react to crowd reactions. Um, you and I were just talking... Take a sec- can we just take a second to appreciate Matt's um, like actual celebration in the ring where he did a lap to, to celebrate? That made people so mad. People are so mad about that. I just see it as him being a little brat, like he always is. He's always just being a brat. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about him. Like, that was just him pandering to the crowd. Like, I don't yeah. think that, that was an actual lap of honor, right? Like, that was him just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. He, listen, first of all, Matt Jackson can do whatever he wants. Second of all, like, it's just, like, it's just like how he played, like, if, 
if the crowd want him to be a bad guy, or both of them, if the crowd want them to be bad guys, they're like, hell yeah, all right, cool, we could be bad guys. If the crowd love them, they'll be like, hell yeah, you know, we love you too. We'll do like all the, you know, the the stuff and whatever. It's very interesting to me. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. I did write an article about it a couple of years ago um, because, like, I do think like, their philosophy of the way that they respond to crowds kind of um, dates back to that match that we were just talking about um, off off camera, yeah, or not camera, but whatever. Um, with the uh, PWG DT4 2009. This was really early in the Bucks' career. It's the one where um, DDT4 is like the big tag team tournament that PWG held. So it's basically like in the tournament, there are three rounds. Um, and, you know, the tag team that wins all three matches wins the belts, right? Um, and this was pretty early in the Bucks' career in PWG. And, um, you know, they were doing pretty well. They held the tag team titles and no other team in PWG history had gone through all three matches and like started the, the champions, champions and ended the champions. Nobody had done that. So, and they're the big baby face tag team, right? So they go into it um, and they're like they are supposed to win at the end right and this is supposed to be this triumphant babyface moment but in the match the second match of the night that they had uh against the men of low moral fiber kenny and chuck taylor the crowd just turned on them uh the crowd turned on them very 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 viciously and you know they got to the back and they were like hmm, i guess we got to turn heel now and then uh, Roddy Strong and Brian Danielson had a brilliant plan to turn them babyface again, which is to uh, beat the shit out of them until the crowd liked them again, um, which didn't work um, and was never going to work. And they came out of that match um, not happy at all. And I think it kind of it kind of started this really kind of contentious relationship that they've always had with the crowd because sometimes there have been points in their career where they're like actively bitter about the crowd cheering for them. And they deliberately do things to, to piss the crowd off because their love is so fickle. And that's such a feature of their entire careers and their entire relationship with like wrestling fans. Um, and it's just, kind of come all the way up till now you know they learned a really difficult wrestle uh, lesson about how you can't fight the crowds right so they learned that you just have to adapt to it and you just have to go back and forth with it and you have to find a way to go with the flow but maintain some kind of control over your own narrative you know that's what happened during that second trios tournament match uh which was their second match at back and it was in Chicago, right? You know, Chicago was really mad at them and they did the same thing that they did in this match, which is just like, they were themselves and they turned the crowd yeah. around, like they fed into it and everybody had a really good time because for the young bucks, it's not about what you think of them. 
It's about, are you having a good time? Are you having a good time at the wrestling show? And the fact is, when the Young Bucks are in the ring, you're having a good time at the wrestling show. Yeah. Whatever you might think of them. And I think that's what really turns people around on them. And it's so baffling that, like, people have this huge hate boner for them when they're just, like, doing their jobs. People really struggle to, like, the, it's a it's a bit of a paradox, right? Because there's never been more information available about who wrestlers are and the and like information about what happens backstage. Yet people seem to conflate what they see on screen with who those people are, and. The young bucks are really cocky dicks. And like for some reason people just take that as them. Despite the fact that nearly every story that comes out about them in the business is positive. Mm-hmm. And they seem to really care about the people with whom they work. And they go out of their way to make people happy. I mean, you only need to look at Aussie Open, right? Like right. they they were sad because they hadn't seen each other for a couple of weeks or whatever. And the young bucks were like, okay, now you work for AW. Yeah, like, that was so. <laughs> and I like, mean, they're, like the next Sorry, week they had a match with the young bucks. Yeah. It's such a cute, heartwarming little story. Um, I remember watching that, but yeah. It, it was, it was nice. And like most of the examples that come out of them come out about them are sort of like resemble that story like i don't know about the young bucks as people i don't really have too much of an interest in them as people they are really really good performers but um people need to stop conflating kayfabe with who people are as people and using that as an excuse to be hateful same with kenny omega there's horrible stories about him and it's just people don't want to like him so they make sharp about him yeah yeah but they're wonderful and you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what people say about them because they're just going to do the things that they do best which is do good wrestling and do do great stories and i am so excited for the kind of stories that they're going to be able to put out now now that their future for the next couple of years is kind of locked in now that a lot of chaotic elements have been removed from their immediate vicinity and there are so many people in that company that they can do really really amazing stories with um and i am just i'm really excited for the elite to kind of start falling apart again because listen it's been nice for everything to be all hunky-dory and for everybody to be friends and everybody's getting along um but this is not the elite that i know and love the elite i know and love is full of messy egotistical bitches who cannot communicate with each other and must do the most dramatic least helpful thing at all times 
That is what yeah. I want. I mean, we've already started to see glimpses of it, haven't we? With Paige looking a little bit cocky during the Battle Royale. Um, oh, he's look- been spicy. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people have been expressing skepticism about his ability to do heel work, but it's like I have watched some of his ROH stuff where he is definitely a heel, and he has never not. I had a little edge of darkness to him, even at the peak of his baby faceness. Yeah, um, I mean, he did the handcuffs on Adam Cole during the height of his baby face run and beat the shit out of him whilst he was tied to the ropes. Yeah, right. it was great. Um, he just he not long ago won a big match with John Moxley by literally hanging him, hanging him by the neck until yes. dead. Yes, like. He can be a heel. We've all seen it from the Ring of Honor stuff. I mean, we've seen how de- how deep his character will go into darkness when he's a fucking babyface. Yeah. Like, so, I don't like, know why people are worried about somebody with the range of page, like, struggling that's to a get thing, a heel, right? right? He has so much range. Like, he has so much... He does. He is oozing character at all points. Um, He absolutely can pull it off like i know he's the way that he is and it's so easy to cheer for him and root for him and he was the top baby face but like i can see a route where he's uh he's got a little bit of the devil in him and i'm i'm really excited for that i was so devastated when they dropped the um kenny finding out about matt and nick not interfering on his behalf um in that match like i i understand why they did it um but it was devastating for me actually loki it i don't know it felt like i know that it was kind of cut short and it was probably not where they were planning to go but it was just like a pure be that being the elite moment for me where kenny was just like i fucking know about that of course i know yeah. about that i don't care it just made me laugh because it was just like this big build and then just like absolutely nothing happened and it was peak being the elite for me i don't know yeah, I, quite, yeah. I, I just did not mind it at all um it could have I been just, really like, good it could have been the moment that ev- that like everything started to slip but i don't yeah. think that they were really ready for that yeah it was like it was during a period of time where they weren't sure where they were going to go and they were they didn't want to kind of end on like a like a a note of discord right they didn't want to be like all falling apart and then disappear i think i think they wouldn't have wanted to do that for their fans so i think that's why they kind of they kind of speed ran coming together you know what i mean i think it was supposed to take a lot longer than that and they and they did the speed run version of it so that if it turned out that they left um it would be the, the story would have a happy ending right yeah um but thank God they didn't leave. Um, yes. So it can all crumble again. Um, and I would like I to see I hope we it. get to see more of Kota Ibushi making everything worse. Oh, man. Oh, that would be my favorite. I would love... First of all, I would love to see more of Kota Ibushi. Second of all, it's... I think it's fun when he makes things worse. <laughs> I think that's great. Now I want to watch Bucks vs. Lovers again. Probably my favorite yes. uh, match of all time. Yeah, I would like to see that as well. Um, see, 
I've seen quite a few people mentioning like how like the Kota Ibushi is not in his prime. So, well, yeah, no shit. But also, 50% Kota Ibushi is better than a lot of people's 100%. And yeah, 50% Kota Ibushi is better than like 90% of people's 100%. Yes. Yeah. And Kenny Omega, at like 40%, couldn't lift people above his head, had a five star match. This is like going to be. That that would be a really really good program, and I would definitely, even just on being the elite. Like I just want, I would be happy if that just played out on being the elite because it would be funny. But I just want to see the matches. Yeah, yeah. I think I think people people are really harsh um, about wrestlers like going through some stuff and like not being like operating at quite their peak at all times like we got a lot of that yeah. uh for kenny in like the first couple of years of aew and i thought it was um mean and pointless and not good or useful in any capacity at the time and i still think that like yes. like relax and the same cunts will be saying why did max not work a singles match at all out after he Fair got enough. the absolute shit Beaten out of him at all in. Oh my god. Like, my god. Like, yeah, I just think it would be better if people just relaxed about it. You know what I mean? Just relax. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's fine if, are it's fine if guys are in. Yeah, it's fine if guys are in multi man matches. Like, it's fine if, you know, the day to day, weekly minutia of a certain story here or there, like, does not quite make sense or or hit quite the the same way that you want like in that moment like it's okay you know you're always going to be able to go back and watch your favorite matches you're always going to be able to go back and watch your favorite feuds and stories and i think you know especially with the elite when it's all said and done and you go and you look back at it it's going to make a lot of sense it's going to really come together and maybe you know in the moment some of the minutia won't won't work quite right for you but like that's okay we can just yeah. let that go i remember there being a lot of uh that when adam page is on route to winning the championship but i don't know like even he at the time baby. i thought it was what i thought it was working fine right i thought like, it was fine um, people people lost their minds about it and i was like it's okay like it's chill don't worry about it we can do that it's okay for adam page to lose one more time with the dark order and then come back and win the big one like that's okay it's okay for him to face one more hurdle like yeah. and it's okay for wrestlers not to be at their peak all the time yeah and like i remember i remember when they were doing the build-up to ftr and the young bucks for the first time and like they ended up like choosing it through like there was like some sort of lottery drawing sort of thing uh sort of situation going um, and I remember, uh, like, a wrestling podcast that I used to listen to was, like, really upset about this. Like, really? Like, the build to, like, the most anticipated important match ever, blah, 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 and we're doing, like, a lottery drawing gimmick? Like, what is going on? On and on and on and on and on about it. But, like, it turned out that Nick was recovering from COVID, and he did not get his cardio back four months and like while yeah there were ways to do it that would like have matches leading up to it nick was not at a hundred percent at all 
And so, like, things like that happen in wrestling. So I think sometimes, I think some things are worth letting go of. I don't know if you want to talk about Jack Perry still being suspended. A beautiful, a beautiful hero. A martyr. The hero he that sacrificed. we deserve. The hero we need, the, but not the one we deserve. The, he, <laughs> he left on that grenade for us. He did it for us. He's a modern um, day Jesus. He's he, um, <laughs> <laughs> he sacrificed himself for the sins of cheering CM Punk. For us, for us. I um listen, I've made my stance on this very clear. Uh Jack Perry did nothing wrong. And all of the all of the explanations that I have heard for why Jack Perry did indeed do something wrong are all predicated on the fact that uh, a grown-ass 45-year-old man cannot keep his hands to himself. If you want to get at Jack Perry for taking, like, a minor little baby shot of the type that hundreds have been done in AEW over the past four years... Like this is st- that was standard operating procedure in AEW, and don't you dare look me in the eyes and tell me otherwise. He did nothing wrong. Oh, he he genuinely didn't. All he did he was stand didn't. his he stand he stood his ground, and yeah. he um took a shot at somebody, which is something that wrestlers wrestling fans fucking love. <laughs> Like they love it. They do. They love a little shooty shooty shoot shoe. Like just a little one as a tree. Don't don't look at me and act like they don't. Punk's made a fucking career out of them. A whole career and like and you wanna and then it's like, well he should have known what would happen. And it's like maybe he did. And you know what? It's still Punk's fault. But yeah. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. But I wanna end on something positive. Yes. Emi um, Sakura is is wrestling on Dynamite tonight. And that is the first yeah. time in over a thousand days that she has been on Dynamite. So like, I think I've seen it was 1,300 or something since she's been on Dynamite. That and is She has been criminal. fucking killing it. Like she, Last year she was definitely one of AEW's most un, under-the-radar impressive wrestlers. She was killing it last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see this match. It's going to be a killer, killer match. I hope this means that we might see more of her going forward. Um, I'm really excited for it, so that'll be good. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, Roderick Strong versus... Oh, hell yeah, the Battle of the Necks. I have Next. never been more high on Roderick Strong than when he's... God, just like this. I am so excited for this. Um, whatever whatever it is, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be idiocy. Um, and and I love it. He is fantastic at the minute. And I'm his uh, like funny boiler response to Adam Cole at the minute has just been endlessly entertaining. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, lots to, lots to look forward to on Dynamite, I think. So I think it's yeah. going to be a fun time. 
Um, I think I'm another good goal to Grand Slam. Um, yeah. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to seeing how. I, I feel like we kind of glossed over a lot of stuff, but I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Tony Storm's character works with uh, what is going with her breakup from the yeah. outcasts. Because the she unraveling has been aging incredible. starlet. I. God. Uh, what what can I say except uh, love Tony Storm? That's all I can say. That's all I have. I love her. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that too. She's great. Um, she is. She's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So much to come. Very happy. Um, great show. Great show. Be- great shows behind us, and definitely great shows to come. And AEW is going to uh, be doing well. I think they're going to end the year strong. So I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. So yeah, if you've made it to this part of the podcast, thank you very much for <laughs> listening. And <laughs> please check out our other podcasts on the Wrestling Network. So you've got on the Indies, the Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters, into the Wrestleverse, Flight of Five, Noob Japan, and the Ocean Cyclone Show, and others. And simply just search wrestling wherever you listen to your podcasts. And um, you can catch me on Twitter at Alex underscore M197. You can catch me at Twitter and Blue Sky at Fake Sport Feel. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.